The savagery, violence, and horror that Vladimir Putin and his armies have perpetrated against the Ukrainian people have outraged the world. But amongst the tragedy, examples of individual and group heroism have inspired us and made many ask, would we be so brave if similarly attacked? Joining us from the war's front lines is Sacramento Gianni Balik. Gianni, what can you tell us about what's going on at this moment that the news cannot capture in their reports or in their pictures? Um, thank you, Scott. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, uh, it, it is indeed a, a savagery horror that's going on. Um, what obviously the, the, the news cannot capture is, um, you know, what is going on in the cities of Mariupol, Kherson, um, Sume, uh, uh, Donetsk, uh, these cities that are under siege, that uh, a lot of people are dying, uh, uh, buildings are being toppled, uh, you know, civilians are, um, uh, are caught in, in, in this savagery. So uh, logistics is uh, very difficult. Uh, getting aid and help to these people is almost impossible. Uh, and uh, the Russians are just, as you um, you know, describe them, savagery, uh, uh, savagely are attacking all these civilians, uh, and um, it, it is hard to get to them. So that's uh, it. It is not uh, obvious to the uh, to the world eye. Uh, so, certain forgive forgive the oversimplistic question, mm -hmm. but how are you and others? keeping safer, is that even a wrong question to ask? Um, well, I'm in Kiev, so I'm in, I'm in the capital right now. Uh, uh, the capital has been uh, uh, relatively um, quiet for the past few days. So the, the uh, last siren we had, it was two days ago, uh, but three days ago, we had rockets um, flying over our heads here. So. Um, it, the Russian focus is right now shifting towards uh, towards the uh, the east, uh, especially towards Mariupol, Kherson, Kharkiv, and and uh, Sumy, that, those cities who, uh, that are closer to the Russian border. So, um, and uh, they're doing that because they gave up on on Kiev, and uh, you know. Uh, you say they gave up. Tell it. Tell us a bit more about that. Um, yeah, well, well they, um, they faced uh, uh, fierce uh, opposition here and, uh, and heroism of the Ukrainians that, you know, fought for every inch of, uh, of the city of their, of their land. Um, the Russians got defeated here uh, by, uh, by land and by manpower. So uh, the only option that they have is just uh, shooting rockets over our heads in Kiev and or uh, through the through the skies. So it, it it begs the question, Gianni, what is it that is keeping you and your colleagues going through all of this? Because it seems like such insurmountable odds. Well, um, you know, I've been I've been living here for. Um, five, six years now. So I sort of consider it my second home. So I have my livelihood going here and my, uh, my businesses, my friends. Uh, uh, I, I have been a uh, professor at the university for several years now. So I have students, I, you know, I, um, I consider it home. So 
Um, I, I try to use my connections, my capabilities, my abilities to uh, to help um, uh, the Ukrainians in this uh, uh, in this hard times. Um, and um, every phone call I make, every message I send, every uh, uh, every contact I bring into this country, it's helpful. So you don't have to be there. Tell us why are you there. Um, no, I don't. I, I don't have to be here. Um, yeah, obviously, I, I could be in Sacramento right now, enjoying the the nice weather. But uh, you know, uh, fighting is always not carrying a gun and um, and shooting at um, your enemies. Um, uh, this enemy is not just um, Ukraine's enemy. It, it is a global enemy that uh, that is evil that tries to um, you know um, take democracy democracies under. So. Uh, we have a common goal. We, we uh, you know, we look for peace and we help people around the world to obtain peace. Um, and Ukrainians are just fighting for their land, for, for their freedom, for the democracies that they believe in. So, uh, you know, that makes me uh, want to stay here more and more. Uh, and, and as I said, every contact I can um, use, every help I can bring in, um, every favor I can uh, I can ask from you or from the American people or from my friends um, around the world, I'm here to do that to to help the Ukrainians. I'm struck by what you said. Fighting's not always with a gun. So so tell us more about how <laughs> you're fighting and the people you work with are fighting and playing your role in trying to combat this Russian onslaught. Uh, well, throughout through throughout this um, savage war, and especially uh, the the first few days, it, it, panic hit this city, and millions of people left simultaneously. So, um, you know, sadness sort of uh, covered over the city, and um, uh, it suddenly. Stores, Mac, uh, supermarkets, restaurants, everything got closed. People did not know where to bring, um, where, where, to, where to do shopping, where to buy food, where to go eat. And so, you know, children and women left and so men stayed over. And I have um, one of um, Kiev's top 10 um, restaurants, which, which is an American restaurant uh, that serves um, American cuisine, steaks and, and barbecue, and etc. So, uh, one of the things that we did, we um, we opened our doors and we fed um, those who were in need, who stayed uh, behind, and uh, the armed forces, the police, the uh, local territorial defense um, guys. Um, uh, so, uh, shelters, uh, elderly homes, etc. Whatever we had, we gave away, and then uh, you know uh, we uh, started looking for donations so we can also prepare meals and, and feed the, the ones who uh, left behind. Then I uh, started a, a, an initiative uh, for uh, uh, for Ukraine through my uh, tech company, my e-commerce company, to bring in help to Ukraine and uh, set up a fast. Uh, and uh, uh, so, sort of uh, a robust uh, logistics platform to uh, bring aid and distribute it throughout the country. 
it, it was a nightmare, um, again, because of the panic, because of the barricades, because of um, you know, the shelling, the rockets, and all that. It, it was very hard to bring people in and out or uh, evacuate people, evacuate animals, um, you know, and bring them aid give them clean water, bring them food, etc. So we, I managed with my team, uh, friends from England and America who were uh, uh, very uh, generous to help us, uh, also from Europe. And, and uh, that's what kept me going. Uh, you know, it was a sense of responsibility and that's all. Well, you, <clears throat> you say it kept you going. Have there been any wins along the way that have heartened you and the team you're working with to feel like you're really making a difference? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, give us an example. You know, when when the Russians were surrounding um, Kiev from Bucha to Irpin to uh, Ivankiv to uh, Bordyanka, these are the symbols of uh, 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 of defiance here uh, in around uh, in around Kiev. I mean, the 10, 15 miles around the city, um, Russians were bombarding and killing and looting and and uh, doing horrible things. So we uh, <clears throat> tried constantly uh, to bring in aid, logistics, uh, help, and we saw horrible things. We saw bodies on the ground. We saw, um, you know, we fell in into ambushes, etc. Uh, but it, it, it never scared, um, never scared me, never scared us. Um, you know, I come from um, a, uh, a, a, my background is, I'm, I'm Kurdish American. So, uh, you know, I lived through the Saddam um, uh, era and the Iran-Iraq war. So I grew up with rockets falling um, in our neighborhoods when I was a kid before moving to, uh, uh, to the US and being a Sacramento. So uh, I'd seen that I could adapt with the with the situation um, easily, uh, and thanks God. I mean, you know, uh, the last uh, week or ten days, uh, the cities got cleared out again, and uh, we were able to, again with partners <clears throat> globally and on the ground, to uh, bring in more aid and help uh, the people that left behind. You talk about your partners on the ground. Are you working in collaboration with the government? Do you have any contact with the government at all? Um, uh, I um, do have collaboration with the Ukrainian government, uh, and uh, this is uh, uh, solely just on, on personal relationship. Uh, I don't have any uh, nonprofit organization or, a, uh, or any kind of organization. Who are you I'm working just... with in the Ukrainian government? You know, uh, uh, we'll, we're working with the president's office. We are working with the uh, defense ministry, with the interior ministry. Uh, as, again, we, uh, uh, you know, I provide them with a lot of assistance, advice, um, you know, uh, uh, medical uh, supplies, uh, whatever we can get from, from again, my, uh, my relationships throughout the world to, you know, to bring it to them directly to support the Ukrainian uh, government. Uh, as you know, um, the entire government tur it turned into a uh, military administration. So all the civilian administrations, civil administrations turned into military. So municipalities, uh, uh, 
Um, you know, civil institutions have turned into uh, military uh, and martial, uh, uh, martial uh, institutions. So uh, areas where we, we're not able to get to, to the civilians because there are areas that we, as civilians, we cannot get, get to. We get shot at. And, and so it's very unsecure. Um, we use every kind of means to get to um, Mykolaiv, Kherson, uh, Mariupol, these areas where there's no food, there's no water, there's no electricity. With all of that going on, Gianni, what is the mood <clears throat> and the morale of the people you're encountering daily right now? Um, Ukrainians are really um, amazing people. The, 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 the morale and the mood is, is obviously high. Uh, people are in, uh, in disbelief and in, in awe, in shock. Uh, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't imagine that this could have happened to, uh, to Ukraine. Even though they've been in war since 2014. I mean, the country has been in war in the Donetsk and Donbass um, uh, regions. War has been going on, but people never thought it will reach the heart of Ukraine. So when it happened, panic happened, people got shocked. A lot of people left. Around 6 million women and children have crossed the border uh, to uh, the neighboring countries, uh, from Romania to Slovakia to uh, Poland and, and others. Uh, but we see that people are coming back. Now, a lot of people are coming back. Men practically didn't leave the country. They all uh, stayed put to fight for the freedom uh, and the land. Uh, but even uh, women are right now, a lot of families are trying to come back to support their husbands and their loved ones to, to stay next to them. So that keeps the morale, of course. Uh, the morale is high because the Ukrainians are appreciative and thankful to what the American government and the American uh, people are doing, as well as the Europeans. Everybody's understood that um, Ukrainians are um, an extraordinary nation uh, and they're getting, they're feeding off of, of a fierce support, obviously. Well, the, as I said, when we <laughs> first uh, started this conversation, the efforts of the Ukrainian people have been inspiring to many. And, uh, but as much help as you've received, what are you hearing about the prospects for more support from not only the U.S., but the rest of the world? Because it, uh, it sounds like that you all need a lot. Yes. Um, thank you for this question. It's, it's, it's an essential and very important um, um, factor here. Uh, yes, uh, we're thankful. Uh, the Ukrainian people are thankful for the support and the aid and the, uh, and the fundraising and, and the weaponry and, and all that. But not all of it is coming to the country. Uh, yes, a lot of promises have been made uh, on government level, on um, organizational level, on the civilian level. But um, as you know, there's a bureaucracy uh, behind all this stuff. So, uh, you know, raising funds in the U.S. and trying to get to, to Ukraine, it doesn't happen within 24 hours or a week or 10 days. Uh, the war is, uh, we're today 50, uh, in the 56th day of the war. Um, there have been multi-billion dollar promises, but, you know, we've probably have 
you know, received a fraction, maybe in um, under one or two, three percent, uh, uh, because there's uh, regulations. You know, when the government uh, decides to send aid to Ukraine, um, it takes time for it to be processed, to be legalized, to be legislated, etc. And it's the same thing with the civilians. So. As President Zelensky has said, and, and the entire um, Ukrainian government, we need aid today. We don't want it tomorrow. By tomorrow, we'll die. So today, we need it to be able to, to survive today. So my, uh, you know, uh, uh, ask from, from the American people is, please, if you're trying to help Ukrainians, try to do it in a way where it is effective. It gets to them today. Um, uh, send tell us, us how. Tell us how to do that, Gianni. How do we do that? Okay, so there's three categories of um, of of Ukrainians today. We have refugees that are um, uh, you know over the borders of Ukraine, living in very bad conditions in Poland, Romania, um, all these countries. Uh, they're living in uh, in refugee camps. So these people are left without mm, without you know everything. They don't have anything. So they're 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 waiting there, uh, trying to get help until situation gets um, normalized. And then you have a group of people that are IGP, internally displaced people, in within Ukraine. So refugees within Ukraine. Uh, from the uh, from the western part of Ukraine uh, uh, to the east, uh, from the eastern part of Ukraine, going to the uh, European country borders, and their IDPs there, and these people have also nothing. Uh, they need uh, housing. They need food. They need uh, pocket money. They need all this stuff. Um, about three and a half million children have left Ukraine, uh, cl close to four million. So, um, uh, sending toys and uh, kids' clothes or, or or pampers and diapers is not necessary because there are no kids left in Ukraine. So send perhaps some sort of aid that is going to be helping uh, the ones that are stayed inland. For for example, in uh, in in Mykolaiv today, there's no water. People have no water to drink water. So with uh, partners uh, from the US, we have secured water filters and I've been distributing water filters throughout these regions for people to drink, you know, safe, clean water. Um, these are the kind of uh, aid. Right. Well, what's the third category? The, the third category, again, it is, so we have the refugees that are um, across the border, we have IDPs who are uh, within the country, and then we have um, Ukrainians like um, like me in, in, in the capital city or um, or in the cities that are being sieged and, bombarded. and what do you yeah. need? What do you need? Um, well, um, uh, again, for the, so and then you also have the government. So the government need means to fight. The civilians need um, uh, they, they need funds, they need cash so that they can really do it here, buy groceries here, get gas, uh, you know, um, take care of their daily, um, uh, daily needs. Uh, maybe in certain areas, certain pockets, um, there are small businesses that need funds so they can reoperate the economy. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Or, okay. Uh, that mm -hmm. that is helpful in giving all of us direction here back in the states. I want to ask you though, you know, what does success look like for you all uh, ultimately? Ultimately, is it going to be more than just a defensive stance against the Russian? Is there any possibility that you all will go on the offensive past your borders into Russian territory to push no. them even further back? No, no, this is not the aspiration of the Ukrainian people, nor it is the uh, aspiration of the Ukrainian government. The, the position is very clear. Ukrainians are just defending their land and defending their democracy and defending their children and women and, and their civilians. That's then, then what does success ultimately, hmm. how, how do you and your colleagues define this ending successfully for the Ukrainian people? So um, the whole world knows that Ukrainians morally and uh, physically have defeated the Russians so far. Uh, the Russians, um, uh, um, it, you know, everybody were um, afraid of the Russians, the Ukrainians, the Europeans, even the Americans. They all thought the the Russian military is more capable of 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 what we saw. But uh, we also saw that the the you know, the defeat on the ground that they have faced. So um, so to answer your question, success is peace. If the war stops today and there's no more shelling, no more killing, no more um, wound, uh, wounding, no more destroying uh, uh, buildings, homes, gardens, schools, etc., that's already a success. Uh, again, but the, but the Ukrainian people are left with cleaning up the aftermath. How do you make that right? So, <clears throat> so cleaning up the aftermath, um, obviously. Uh, again, with the help of the United States, with NATO, with the Europeans, with all kinds of funds that are coming, um, funneling in or, or being allocated for the reconstruction process of Ukraine. Um, there are private sector uh, um, people that are getting ready for the uh, reconstruction of the country. But this is at a later stage. For now, the most important um, um, factor is for, for peace to prevail, for war to stop, for kids to go back to school and people to, to have a normalized life again. Yeah, Gianni, let, let me ask you in our closing moments, what is at stake that you can share with us from your perspective that if Ukraine falls, what's at stake for the rest of the world? Um, f freedom is at stake. Freedom and um, democracy uh, is at stake because if Ukraine fails, uh, ev everything will be Sovietized. Every everything will be Russianized, um, and and that's not what what we at this era at this time uh, we don't need that because they they are savage. You know, they I don't want to generalize, but. Um, this uh, this regime is a, is a savage regime. It's not a democratic regime. It is oppressive. It, it you know there's uh, we we can't survive that. We we shouldn't allow that ever. So uh, should Ukraine fall, uh, Europe will fall. If Europe falls, then um, you know where are the uh, uh, 
the, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the democratic values and, and, the, and the morals and uh, all these revolutions and evolutions that have been going on throughout centuries in Europe. And so what happens to that? And I, I think that we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, on, on behalf of all of us, we wish you well, we wish you safety, and we wish you success. Thank you, sir. And that's our show. Thanks to our guest, and thank you for watching Studio Sacramento. I'm Scott Syfax. See you next time right here on KVIE. Thank you for listening to Studio Sacramento from KVIE Public Television. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes to help others find it. All episodes of Studio Sacramento, along with other KVIE programs, are available to watch online at kvie.org slash video.